Hi, this is Adam Bergman. On today's Adam Talks, I have the pleasure of talking with a legend, Tim Messett, about using life insurance in a 401k. And this is a topic that I got a lot of questions about over the years and never really got the right answer as to why it used to be popular, why it's not as popular now, and then some things um, retirement investors want to think about. So before I get into welcoming Tim, I just want to let everyone know that I uh, really appreciate uh, everyone uh, listening. Um, it's almost 250th podcast. There's one a week about, I think, very interesting topics in the retirement uh, investment world. Um, and Tim's just a, you know, a great guest. We're really lucky to have him. Tim's got over 38 years of experience in the pension insurance world. He actually founded Pension Investors Corp of Orlando in 1982. He's also the past president and co-founder of the Employee Benefits Council of Central Florida and co-founder and board member of National Partners Group, Insurance Producer Group. Tim was also in the Vietnam War as a assault helicopter pilot. So without further ado, Tim Messett, welcome. Hi, Adam. How are we? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, getting a You're little tired. doing great. Getting a little tired of being at home, but you know, otherwise hanging in there. Well, we've been out and about in Central Florida. Your rules down there in South Florida a little bit different, a little more confining. I know, awful. But uh, I think there's some light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, looks like we're uh, going to be okay. We're all going to be fine. I'm going to be good. So um, this is a powerful, I think it's an uplifting pod. We're going to be talking about a really cool area that not a lot of people know about, uh, about life insurance in a 401k. And, you know, first of all, just as a uh, broad uh, background. So in an IRA, you're not allowed to buy life insurance under Section 408. But a 401k can offer life insurance as long as the plan allows for it. Right, Tim? Absolutely. Um Pensions, profit sharing, 401k, all types of qualified plans, not SEPs, not SIMPLEs, not IRAs, um, qualified plans have allowed life insurance ever since the birth of the qualified plan and the rebirth uh, with ERISA in 1974. Did you, did you ever learn why? It was just like a lobbying reason? Or like why didn't IRAs get that benefit? IRAs, uh, uh, well, remember it came out of it came out of IRS and DOL and Congress. So there, uh, remember, we, we don't use common sense there. Uh, I think the, the, the reason is the limited contributions to IRA to support a brand new premium. It could have been abused by life insurance salespeople. The real problem is when you move monies from a qualified plan to an IRA, you're still precluded from allowing the life insurance to move with it, but that's a more complex uh, question, answer to a more complex question later. But gotcha. uh, reasons to put life insurance inside a qualified plan? Well, how about, how about one second, we just back off, and can you just give a very short primer as to why life insurance is so important and why is it such a popular product? Inside a plan? Or just general, even in or outside a plan, why do millions of Americans want to buy life insurance and why is, it, you know, why is it such an important product for retirement and estate planning? Well, there are two major reasons, and one is to protect your family, your business, your loved ones, and provide an estate. Uh, life insurance creates an immediate estate. I haven't had time to build my assets, my portfolio, my retirement. Uh, pay off my home, pay off my my responsible 
uh, college education, many reasons to provide life insurance for those loved ones that we leave. And for pennies on the dollar, we create an estate that's income tax free to any beneficiary that receives it, uh, income tax free and estate tax free if we don't exceed our required minimums of about $12 million now of the unified credit. But life insurance is perceived as a need to take care of those that we, we leave behind us. And it's been that reason for many years. The other reason for life insurance is to build assets that are income tax free as we withdraw the money. So we're using life insurance either to build an immediate estate for our family or to create assets outside our qualified plan uh, income tax free distributions. Okay, that, I, I agree. I, I have life insurance. Uh, my parents did. It, it makes total sense. Great product. Um, what are, in a minute or so? What are the main differences between term insurance uh, and whole life insurance? Okay. Term insurance has no cash value. Term insurance is bought for a period of years. For example, ten year, twenty year, thirty year term annual renewable term and term uh, many people feel is the cheapest um, which it's the lowest cost if we die if we live there's no return on investment because there's no cash values built up so for example i'm a young person and i want to own enough life insurance to pay off my home and give my wife enough money to raise the kids until they're ready for college i determine how much life insurance i need and i pay a minor premium based on my age and my um, quality of life and my health. And I buy a 30 year term and it covers me for the next 30 years and presumably the kids may be grown out and I no longer need life insurance as I perceive it. So that might be a reason to buy term based on affordability. It lasts for a period certain and then it stops because there are no more uh, there's no more protection after the term period. However, Adam, there is a benefit in term and they all have a guaranteed conversion at the new rate. So let's assume I have a 30 year term and in the 20th year, I decide I don't want to lose it in 10 years or in the 25th year, I decide I want to convert it. I would pay my new age without incidence of insurability of required medical to uh, qualify, it's an automatic conversion, but I'm gonna convert it at the new rate that the life insurance company has for permanent. Okay, so that's term. Anywhere from one year term to 30 year term, and they're coming out with an even longer term for younger folks. The older we are, the less number of years of term. We can, for example, a 70 year old can only buy a 10 year term policy, okay? After 10 years, if I haven't converted it, no more death benefit, no more premiums, got to pay the premiums for the entire term. Uh, whole life permanent insurance, which includes whole life and, and many types of whole life, universal life, variable life, indexed universal life, are all forms of permanent insurance that build cash value. And the way it's designed basically is the insurance company takes the cost of the insurance, adds an excess a premium to it, and that additional premium is used to build cash surrender values, which carry the premiums further into older age so that presumably a whole life policy, a permanent policy, universal life policy will never end 
so long as we have enough money to cover the premiums and the mortality costs. So one builds equity and lasts presumably for one's whole life, and one is a term policy, which uh, by its very definition and nature lasts for a certain number of years. So could you, if you had to categorize your typical term life consumer or typical whole life consumer in terms of age and income level, what would you say? Has to do totally with affordability. Totally with affordability. I could be young and just inherited a whole bunch of money and want to buy a big permanent policy. Even, even though I'm old, I might not have enough money to buy a permanent, irrespective of age. I can only afford the pennies on the dollar that term costs. But remember, term ends if I don't convert it. And if I didn't have the money going in, maybe in 20 years, I buy my term at a young age and I can afford to convert it uh, to a permanent policy. Remember, permanent policies are, are much more pricey because we're building cash surrender values uh, to avoid having the policy end before the insured ends. Right, and, and what, what I've heard, and you, you can confirm it, is that if you have a whole life policy and you have some cash value, you could use it, right, tax-free. You can technically borrow some of that. Is it, how does that work? Uh, if, if you build cash surrender value, and you want to, let's think of the cash surrender value being a part of the death benefit. So let's say I have a, a $500,000 policy, and over the next 10 years, I build up $100,000 in cash surrender value. I can borrow that cash surrender value, and pay very favorable low interest rates if I want to pay interest only. So I'm going to borrow the $100,000. There's no taxes on it. I'm going to pay interest only on it, let's say 2 to 3% per year. I'm going to still continue to pay my premium. I have my $100,000, and I'm never going to pay it back. Because when I die, the 100000 is going to be taken out of my 500000 death benefit. So when I die, they're going to pay my family my 500,000 less the 100,000 that I borrowed, the amount of death benefit would be 400,000. Gotcha. So let's, now, now that we understand, obviously, the main benefits, providing for your family uh, when you pass, a great estate planning tool, but also a very good tax planning tool because the money comes out without tax. It's, it's tax-free when you die and you leave your life insurance policy to your heirs they will get that money without tax. So that's obviously super tax advantageous, super beneficial. So now let's talk about why someone would want to put that into a 401k plan. I'm going to give you a few, a few solid reasons, and I want to build upon the reasons sort of geometrically. First of all, I'm going to, I'm going to, buy, I'm going to start investing in this 401k plan. My employer is going to do some type of a contribution. Uh, suffice to say, if I want to buy life insurance as an investment option inside the plan, there are limits on how much I can put into the premium, and I'll cover that in a moment. But let's say I decide to put about 20 cents of my contribution into life insurance. Why would I want to do that? And one of the main reasons, number one is, 
let's assume I'm going to buy a million dollar policy because I think I'm going to accumulate a million dollars between now and normal retirement age. What if I die before I get to retirement? What if I die in the first year after I've only got a few thousand dollars in my 401k plan between my deferral and my employer's contribution? My family gets whatever I've got in my 401k plan, which is ordinary income taxable um, to my family. Uh, what if I bought a life insurance policy that was prepaid a million bucks on my death? I've now left my family with my retirement benefit that I had hoped to attain by between now and age 65. That's one reason to buy life insurance is to provide a pre-retirement death benefit. Uh, another reason is, let's say that I'm a, a wealthy individual and I've got a lot of money in my plan and I wanna make optimum use of my dollars in my qualified plan, in my, in my 401k plan, if I buy life insurance, it costs me, let's say I'm in a 30% tax bracket, okay? So when I pay a dollar for life insurance, I gotta pay, I gotta make about a dollar 30 to pay a dollar in premium, right? Mm -hmm. If I put it in the plan and it's tax deductible, I only have to make 70 cents on the dollar because that 30 cents comes from IRS because it's tax deductible when it goes into the plan. Right, because it's a 401k deferral, which is tax deductible. Yeah, so if I can take my net cost of a life insurance premium from $1.30 to $0.70, cents, that's about half, isn't it? Yep. Pretty close to half. That's a pretty compelling reason. And finally, if we look at some permanent life insurance policies and we pay the premiums for, let's say, 20 years, I could show you uh, on, a, on an indexed universal life type policy that it would be very similar to a bond alternative. And the death benefit is free after 20 years. It matches any type of a, any type of a, a, a bond alternative. And when we look at it as a, as a, a tax deferred, tax sheltered, tax deductible investment, that bond alternative is quite compelling. And finally, if I die in a, in a, in a, in, and my policy is in the, in the qualified plan, it comes out income tax free, unlike all the other assets. And I might just give you a PS, any cash value in the policy uh, is reduced from the death benefit because that is considered a bond alternative and an investment vehicle and it's got to come out taxable. So let's say I have a million dollar policy and I had a quarter of a million dollar cash value on the day I died, 750 would come out income tax free based on the net amount at risk and the 250 would simply be left as the death benefit in the plan and be rolled over to my IRA. Right, so it makes total sense, you know, as a tax lawyer, the tax deduction using tax deferred money that you would otherwise use to make investments from a deferral standpoint to use it to pay life insurance premiums makes total sense. Plus, I think you, you're gonna mention that rollovers, if you roll money in, technically, I believe some of that could be used to pay premiums as well. Uh, depending on the plan docs. Uh, let's talk about that. One is um, seasoned money and one is seeded, seeded money. And we're getting very technical here, but I'll lay it on you. Uh, the limit on permanent life insurance inside a qualified plan, if it's whole life, the maximum amount of contribution is 50% of 
of your total contribution, 50%, five zero. The maximum amount that we allow to go uh, as, a, as a contribution to life insurance, if it's non-O-life, being either term or universal life or indexed universal life or um, variable universal life is 25% of the entire contribution. So if my contribution is 50,000 a year between my deferral and my employer, I'm allowed to put in 25% of that or 12.5 into a life insurance premium. If it's non-whole life, if it's whole life, I could put in 25,000, all right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, I buy the life insurance and let's assume that I'm a wealthy individual and rather than put in my 12,500 a year, I have accumulated a significant amount of assets. Um, anything that is accumulated over two years is called seasoned money. So contributions that have been in there for two years, exclusive of deferrals, exclusive of deferrals, I'm allowed to use 100% of the monies over two years old. And if I've been a participant for five years, I'm allowed to use 100% of my money, uh, irrespective of how old it is. So, so just to jump one in. other benefit, Adam. Sorry, just to jump in. One other benefit. Yeah, in case my the listeners aren't sure, season money would that be like employer contributions? Yeah, so after the two years. Yes. Okay. And the five-year roll is seeded money. Okay. And there's one other benefit. Let's say I've been bright enough to build a 401k with you, but I still have a business. Or let's say that that 401k was a rollover from uh, Martin Marietta and I rolled a significant amount. Now I started my own business and I have a, uh, a non-Roth rollover of a half a million dollars with managed by IRA Financial. And I start my own um, consulting business because I'm an engineer. I set up my own 401k. I have significant wealth elsewhere because I've done well. Uh, I'm allowed to roll. I cannot buy life insurance in my IRA, right? Right. What if I rolled that IRA into my own 401k? Makes sense. That's now called seeded money. I can use 100% of it to buy life insurance. And I could buy a two or three or four premium pay and give my kids and grandkids a legacy, income tax free. Remember, life insurance is income tax-free, even though I took a deduction on the premium, uh, reduced by the cash value, of course. But I could, uh, I could use a lot, of, um, a lot of that premium to buy life insurance and create an estate for my kids and grandkids and a taxable account that now I've created a non-taxable account with rollover money. Right, so all this makes total sense to me and, and you know, it's smart. But I've done this for 10 plus years. You know, you've done this almost 40 years. Why aren't we seeing more of this? Because, because we've been groomed, and rightfully so. I think it's more important that people build their retirement plan, even though I say the bond, the cash value is another, is an, is another investment class. The cash value uh, could be considered a bond portfolio. But to explain to rank and filers these concepts in a 401k plan, these concepts, and perchance sell them policies that 
they may or may not understand are really an investment vehicle, but protecting their family is far, far too uphill a climb. It's only those folks that have accumulated significant wealth inside their profit sharing or 401k or pension plans that are really gonna listen to the story. And the reason I think that insurance has not been sold as well to the rank and filers is they've also been groomed and educated to just leave your 401k to grow with the mutual fund market as, as well as we can tax sheltered. So I have no problem not pursuing life insurance in a qualified plan for those with lower balances because they are probably in low enough tax bracket, Adam, that this the deduction won't be significant. Got you. I have probably 6,000 solo 401k plans. And those are the ones... Those are the ones that should be educated. Right. I, I probably have less than, than 1% of the people that have done this, that have, have taken some of the rollover money from an IRA or former employer and used it to buy life insurance in the plan. And I think some of the reasons, honestly, is it's hard to find people like you that actually understand this stuff and can explain the benefits and, and, and some of the intricacies of doing this to uh, a plan participant. Uh, it's very hard to find someone who has the expertise. And I think that's an issue too. Um, but let me all, throw- All life insurance agents are few and far between, as you know. They're like old soldiers never die. They just fade away. A lot of them have just faded away, but knowledge is power. It's what you can do. And those reasons to discuss the issues with the clients have left because people aren't communicating with the clients what the benefits are because our go-go days sometimes go to slow-go days and then to no-go days yeah. and life insurance as an investment class inside a qualified plan i can make the argument all day long but the benefit of a pre-retirement death benefit and taking a deduction at them for your life insurance premium. There is no other way to take a tax deduction for life insurance premium other than inside a qualified plan. Right, so you nope. got make, right. So you have someone who's done, done very relatively well, they have an IRA, and they have some extra cash. They can take some of that cash, even if they buy a $500,000 million dollar policy, and they can fund it. And yeah. if they pass away and they die, the money goes, other than the cash value, goes to them without tax or their family. Now, what happens if they close the plan? What happens to the life insurance policy? I want to step back one step. You okay. just answered um, the, the best question of the day. Those that can afford to buy the life insurance, those that cannot afford to buy it in the plan shouldn't be sold the product, but those that can afford it if they don't need the money in the plan for their retirement and they can afford to buy a mortality death benefit, it's a wise move to be able to do a tax deductible if they don't need that money for their retirement, okay? Critical right. issue. All right, so we terminate the plan where I retire and the life insurance, as we know, cannot be rolled over to an IRA, right? That's right. So I've got a million dollars in my plan and 800,000 is cash. And I got a life insurance policy worth $200,000 in cash surrender value. Okay. 
Mm -hmm. So I roll my 800,000 to, uh, to IRA Financial's IRA program. And I have a 200,000, I have a life insurance policy, let's say a million and a half death benefit and 200,000 in cash value. How in the world am I gonna get it out of the, out of the plan? Well, uh, I can either leave it in the plan, which if I'm leaving or it's terminating, that's not possible. I can cash it in and add the 200,000 to the 800,000 and roll the million. I can um, take a distribution of that policy, as you know, and as a lot of people don't know, is that there are transaction limits on distributions of uh, in-kind assets. I can't take an in-kind distribution very seldom unless there's a special circumstance. So under 92E, 92-6 DOL, I'm allowed to take a distribution of a life insurance policy or I can buy it out. So what if I had 200,000 in after-tax money in my pocket, in a savings or in a piece of real estate? I could literally buy that life insurance policy out for 200,000. Now I have a policy with 200,000 cash value. It's a wash for me. And that 200,000 could be added to my 800,000 so I can roll the million and put the policy in my personal portfolio and let it grow income tax free. And anytime I do take that 200,000, since I've already bought it out of the plan, I could take it out income tax free from the policy. It's just a wash. Right. If I cannot afford to buy it, I can take the policy as a distribution, pay tax on the 200,000. Where would I get the money for the tax? Couldn't I borrow on the policy? Yes. Pay the tax, probably probably wash the whole thing in a few years by paying a few few more dollars in premiums. Very, very, it's a very productive vehicle. And you talk about portability. That's another reason to own life insurance is it's very portable. I can move it from the plan to me, to my family. Sophisticated planning, I could move it to a um, intentionally defective trust, but that's a different class a different day. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if I was, if they're going back to uh, you know, navigate these rules, they may have thought about allowing a rollover of a plan into an IRA. Um, you know how many, how long we've lobbied Congress to allow? The problem is IRAs are, are, are not perceived as qualified plans in the many, many rules under qualified plans. They don't even apply to simples and SEPs. That's right. As you know. Right, and I think also, like you said, the, the, the income limits, the contribution limits are, are far lower too. So the issue is maybe even if they're in the IRA, you may not have enough cash in there on a year-to-year -year basis to fund it. I think it's more to protect, to protect the consumer from, uh, from indiscriminate sales right. and uh, non-professionals that would love to get to that money and move it. Uh, there's a reason for life insurance and unless the reasons are ones that you and I have discussed, it should not be so that the insurance salesman can make a whole bunch of money and commissions. Right. It should be the need of the client and the understanding of the client of how powerful this, uh, this class of investment can be and also pre-retirement death benefits for the family because people do die before they hit normal retirement age, and it's nice to be able to add to their current portfolio a nice, healthy life insurance benefit.
Right. So let me ask you one last question because I know uh, I got you for only a couple more minutes. So explain, if if you don't mind, to the other listeners, what happened? Why did the popularity change? Because I know back in in time, I think pre-1986, life insurance was was a lot more popular in plants. Right. It's the type of the plan. We had uh, defined benefit plans back uh, in the day, and those have regained popularity in the form of cash balance defined benefit plans. But there was a day before 1982, actually before uh, 1980, when one could buy, uh, could, could implement a defined benefit plan, and the contribution to the life insurance policy, the premium, Adam, actually increased the deductible contribution. Let's assume that we determined actuarially that your retirement benefit in a defined benefit plan cost us 200,000 a year of a contribution for you, okay? And we had a life insurance premium of 50,000 and now the deduction goes from 200 to about 245,000. The deduction goes up simply because we added a life insurance policy and you're, you're a young doctor looking for huge deductions. Well, if I can show you that the life insurance premium simply increases the deduction, that's a pretty powerful event for you to implement. Now those rules have all been changed. So the primary source of life insurance inside qualified plans, Adam, were defined benefit plans because we're, we're trying to build an accumulated asset that it matters not what your earnings are, the same, number is going to be available for your retirement at normal retirement age. And adding life insurance simply increases the cost of that. Whereas if we put it in a 401k, Adam, the mentality is that the mortality cost of life insurance in early years are going to affect our return on investment because we don't have a lot of return on investment in early years. And we want every penny we have to be able to function to build my retirement rather than to have any drag on mortality. And that drag on mortality has caused folks to rethink whether it's worth buying a pre-retirement death benefit unless, of course, I have enough accumulations that I'm not worried about the 401k being my only source of income. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting because I, I talk to a lot of, of people that seem to, um, you know, would really benefit from this. People in their you know, 50s, 60s, good steady income have a good chunk of retirement money from prior employers and would want to diversify and probably would be okay having some money outside of mutual funds or ETFs and life insurance just would seem to be a great tax advantageous product and it's just ignored. It's not something they're even considering. It's it's a matter of educating the clientele. Your clientele is a bit of a cut above. You have so many I got the smart, uh, smartest clients, smartest listeners. <laughs> you're, you're, well, that's because they're, uh, your company is run by the brightest, one of the brightest in the business. Oh, you're, you're a salesman. <laughs> um, I, no, I got to tell you, it's a matter of educating the clients. Um, it's not for everyone, but if there are discretionary dollars in the plan that are not needed for retirement, that we understand IRS is going to get that money based on our tax code of plan assets being taxed. And the, na- the new issue is Stretch IRAs have now left us and we have to disperse that money within a 10 year period. 
uh, or five, depending on the situation. I'm just telling you, why wouldn't you look at life insurance as an investment class? Because there's a lot of things we can do with it. Main thing is portability. Main thing is tax deductible dollars. Shelters, deferrals aside, life insurance is a marvelous investment vehicle, but we don't want to eat up a young person's asset portfolio if that's all they have with mortality. They should buy their life insurance outside if they're depending on this plan to supplement their social security. Gotcha. Well, Tim, really appreciate the time. Um, you're a legend. You're, uh, it's very rare to find someone. No, seriously, it's very rare to find someone that not only can sell and understand life insurance, but understands pension plans. And, you know, that's what makes you, um, you know, one of a kind. So I was taught by the best. Yeah, probably. Uh, and we're all learning from you. So I appreciate it. If you need to get, if you want to get a hold of Tim and have questions, Tim, can I give out your email? Is that okay? You can do whatever you want. I feel as though you're a partner of mine uh, in crime and speaking of legends, you give any anything you need on me. Well, I won't, I won't give your home number, but if you need to get a hold of Tim, if you have questions on life insurance or pension plans, he's, he's the best. Tim at picorl.com. So Tim at P is in pension, I is in investor, C is in corporation, and then O is in Orlando, R's and Richard, L's and Larry. So pickorl.com. We appreciate it, Tim. Um, you got to come back and, and we'll get you to chat about a different topic because really I learned a hell of a lot in the last 20 or so minutes. Um, and I know a lot of my clients have, have asked me the questions about life insurance and a, a 401k. And I just kind of always gave them cursory answers, but now I, I have the depth and knowledge to, to give them a real good answer. So thank you. The only stupid question is the one that is not asked. So anyone who has questions, feel free to ask. It's a marvelous opportunity for those of you that have discretionary dollars inside your plan. Don't okay. give them to the IRS, give them to your kids and grandkids. <laughs> That's it, my friend. We'll stay safe, stay healthy, Tim, and right. we'll chat again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you.